invite you to open in your Bibles this morning to Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 to 17, Colossians chapter 3. And as you're turning there, for those of you that came in, you may not have seen, I think there might be a few more elements over there. I might need some help uh, from someone to make sure there's more. If you didn't receive our communion elements, a little cup here, it's got a wafer in it. We're going to be partaking of the Lord's Supper here at the end of our service. So right now, no embarrassment, it's okay. If you missed that on the way in, you can stand up and go receive that over to your right uh, off the black table. So no shame at all if you want to want to grab those elements. <clears throat> we'll be looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 this morning. And uh, follow along as I read aloud. And as we start, I'd like to just invite the Lord to open our eyes. Psalm 119, 18. Open our eyes, Lord, that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. Amen? All right. Follow along as I read aloud. Colossians three fifteen, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. With thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is the word of the Lord. Well, I'm, I'm not ready for Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to actually uh, grill our uh, turkey, and I need to purchase that. Yeah, yeah, I know some of you will be deep frying your turkeys and, and whatnot, but uh, I, I, this time of year, like, those foods start to just sound good. It's, the weather starts to get a little bit cooler, the colors are beautiful, and you just start to think of those Thanksgiving, traditional Thanksgiving foods, and I'm probably going to do one of the meanest things I could do to you this morning, because we're about, oh, about an hour and a half away from lunchtime, right? I'm going to show you this great photo. Uh, I mean, come on, look at that, folks. That just looks beautiful. I... I I don't know that our spread will look quite that aesthetic, but it, it sure does look great, right? And uh, I'm sure you all can think of, you know, you can identify your favorite dish and all of that. Maybe you want to go for that turkey drumstick or uh, cranberry sauce is so underrated. I have to tell you, I love a good cranberry sauce, right? Yeah, thank you. Come on now. Not out of the can. Don't give me that canned stuff, folks. I need some fresh cranberry sauce. Mashed potatoes. I think my wife makes the best mashed potatoes on the planet. Uh, and then you can't forget, you know what, it's Casey Maddox here. On social media, he was dogging pumpkin pie. Come on, man. Come on, man. Pumpkin pie is, it's fantastic. It's so good. And so I know that's kind of cruel right now to show that to you. But think about Thanksgiving. And, and as, as you sit around your tables uh, this Thursday or this week, however you're celebrating or if you're traveling, I mean, it's customary. It's etiquette, right? If, if I'm at this table and there's a dish that I want some more of or, or I need, I haven't had any yet, what do you do? So-and-so, would you please pass the uh, cranberry sauce? Casey Maddox would never say, please pass the pumpkin pie. It's okay. We won't fault him for that. But you say please, and when you receive it, what do you say after that? Thank you. So I'm sure on Thursday and all throughout this week, there's going to be plenty of etiquette, pleases, and thank yous. Now, when we think about uh, our Thanksgiving feast, though, we also have this, this wonderful thing, which I love, are the leftovers. I love leftovers, right? 
And you kind of take all the ingredients and you just kind of put them in a sandwich all together, right? And you got Thanksgiving feast in a sandwich on Black Friday, right? While everybody's killing each other at the mall, I, I'm going to have a, I don't know, we'll see. But we have those leftovers, right? Sometimes we treat the pleases and the thank yous as kind of the leftovers, right? Pass me that dish, I take it, and the leftover is, well, well thank you, right? It's, it's just kind of etiquette. And as we approach this, this holiday, we, we, we kind of approach it that way. Thanksgiving is just kind of a, a leftover. Uh, we think of, of thanks in, in this, this term of like etiquette, or it's, maybe it's a feeling of gratitude, and if I don't really feel it, I'm not sure that I could give thanks. That's our modern Western conception. David Powell, in his great book uh, that I got to get a hold of as I was preparing for this, it's uh, Biblical Theology of Thanksgiving, an investigation of how Paul treats this concept of Thanksgiving. Not the holiday, it's an American holiday. It's pre-existed the holiday of Thanksgiving, but the concept of Thanksgiving. And, and David Powell writes this, modern Western conceptions of Thanksgiving are dominated by the model that privileges the emotional sense of gratefulness in response to a certain act of kindness and the need to fulfill the debt to achieve the balance of the personal relationship. I know it's a long sentence. Pretty much it means this. I, I have to have this feeling of gratitude in my heart and, and out of duty to say thank you for passing that dish or thank you for giving me a ride to such, such and such a place, right? We feel that, that obligation and that duty and it sometimes comes along with real inner gratitude, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just a, a throw on, a leftover. Within this model, Thanksgiving is detached from social ethics and theological discourse and it's reduced to the level of etiquette that is functionally limited to the realm of individual interchange. Thanks for holding the door for me. Oh, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, sometimes if somebody lets me in, if there's a traffic jam and I'm trying to get over in the lane because there's construction or something on Main Street, which seems like 365 days a year, right? And I'm trying to get over and somebody lets me in and I just wave, hey, thanks, right? That's just etiquette, right? And that's what we think of when we think of giving thanks. But Paul teaches us something different about Christian thanksgiving. The call to give thanks in all circumstances moves beyond the modern conception of mere reciprocity. Thanksgiving, the act, not the holiday, for followers of Jesus plays a central role in our lives. It leads us to live distinctly in this world. I love what one writer wrote, D Dustin Crow. I'll mention his book a little bit later. He says this, because what, what we naturally want to do is we just kind of throw Thanksgiving on as a, as a leftover, but really the, the meat and potatoes of our life, the main part of our life is grumbling. I'll have to tell you here today that I am a confessing grumbler. I give thanks time to time, but most of the stuff in my life, traffic and bills and expenses and and just the everyday stuff of life usually causes me to grumble about 80 to 90% of the time. And yeah, I've got a little bit of percentage left over for Thanksgiving in the leftovers. I love what Dustin Crow writes. He says this, while grumbling is natural, gratitude is supernatural. Grumbling is natural. Gratitude is supernatural. Thanksgiving leads us to God. And if it leads us to God, and that's the goal of all of our lives, right, to know God and to enjoy Him forever, and to lead others in doing the same. If that's the goal of our lives, then thanksgiving must become a daily habit. It must become a, a discipline, a practice. It can't be treated as an add-on, as, as merely etiquette, or, or just like a leftover. Thanksgiving is and must be an all-of-life practice. It has to show up in the everyday stuff of life. And that leads us to our big idea from our passage this morning. 
Christian Thanksgiving is a lifestyle, not a leftover. Christian Thanksgiving, because our world has a conception of Thanksgiving, and normally it includes balloons, uh, you know, in midtown Manhattan, you know, in the morning, and football, and food, and all this stuff. And then what do we do? Right after we have a few moments where we sit around a table and give thanks, what do we start doing? We pick up our phones and start scrolling, where are the Black Friday deals, right? i got to be able to get stuff for me and for my loved ones. It's more get, 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 receive, 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 rather than really soaking in that moment of giving thanks. And and Christian Thanksgiving, however, is a lifestyle, not a leftover. We'll see three ways that we see that from this text this morning. Christian Thanksgiving befriends peace. It's coupled with peace. Christian Thanksgiving inspires praise. And Christian Thanksgiving characterizes our practice. Christian Thanksgiving is a lifestyle, not a leftover. Let's take a look at the first one together. Christian Thanksgiving befriends peace. Colossians 3.15 once again says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to indeed which you, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. The verses preceding this, we, we didn't have time to read them this morning, but it has a lot to do with how Christians interact with each other. And when, when sinners interact with sinners, when people who still have a fallen human sinful nature start interacting with one another, what do we do? We start to bump into each other, and there's conflict and fighting and maliciousness and, 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 and bitterness. But Paul says, we've been called through the gospel of Jesus Christ to something much better, something much better. And so he says, instead of conflict, instead of fighting, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Now that word thankful there... Uh, I want to bring out, I, you know, I don't like to bring out the Greek stuff too much, frankly, because I'm not uh, great at pronouncing it, but uh, honestly, uh, you just need to get the idea. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a couple of Greek terms here for you this morning. Thankful. This idea when Paul says, be, excuse me, be thankful, it's this word eucharisteo. Can you say that with me? Eucharisteo. One more time, eucharisteo. Now, if you've grown up in a Catholic tradition, you might hear something that you're familiar with. Eucharist, Right? That word Eucharisteo, it says, it means to be thankful, to be grateful, to give thanks. And not only to give thanks, but to express thanks, to render or return thanks. And it also has the idea of, of praying. So it's that gratitude that comes out through prayer. Uh, the Catholic Church refers to the Lord's Supper, actually, as the celebration of the bread and the wine, as the body and the blood of Christ, as the Eucharist. The Eucharist, that's what it means. It means to give thanks in response to what God has done for us. And in fact, this morning, we're going to do that in just a little bit at the end of our service. We're going to take the, the, the bread and the cup together, uh, not according to the Catholic tradition, but according to the tradition uh, that we believe that Scripture teaches. We're going to give thanks for what Jesus has done through this body and blood, the Eucharist, together. But this idea of, of giving thanks, and it's coupled, and it befriends peace it's not just about our interpersonal relations, but Paul also has an idea where it's this inner peace. Jesus describes it as this peace that, that surpasses all understanding, this peace that the world cannot give that he offers to you and to me. In fact, in, in the, the letter to the Philippians, Paul writes this in Philippians 4, 6-7. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with, say it with me, thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And here's the promise attached to that. And the peace of God. The peace that comes 
from God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What Paul is talking about here is that let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Why? Because those two things are linked together. Friend, it's hard to remain in a state of losing sleep at night, sweating bullets, having ulcers, having high blood pressure. In that moment of anxiety and pressure and fear, it's hard to remain in that moment when you say, but Lord, I remember what you've done for me. And I cry out to you in this moment of anxiety. But in this moment of anxiety, I realize that as we just sang, you are the ancient of days. You hold my life in your hands. And for that, I give you thanks. Thanks. Some of us, we, we walk around and, and peace is, is that friend that we feel like just stays too far away from us that we wish would come over more often. We go, where are you, peace? Where are you, peace? I'm, I'm looking for peace. Well, one way you can get in touch with peace is by texting his friend, Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm going to invite Thanksgiving over into my heart. And guess who he brings along with him? He brings peace. Thanksgiving and peace are friends to one another. Oh, friend, if you feel the anxieties of living in such a broken and heartaching and, and, and war-torn world, one way that you can experience peace in your life is by first saying, I'm going to give thanks to God in all circumstances. I love what Dustin uh, Crow writes. He says this, biblical gratitude is gritty gratitude. Gritty gratitude. It's honest about brokenness. It affirms difficulties and disagreements all around, and yet it sees reasons to give thanks in all things. It doesn't sweep the junk of life under the carpet of ignorance, but it does find more reasons to be grateful than to grumble. Thanksgiving, this is what it does. It, it, as we give thanks, it, it lifts us up by the chin and lifts our eyes so we can focus on God rather than the things around us. We've seen this on display right in the book of Acts. If, you, if you're new with us, we've been walking through the book of Acts here over the last uh, uh, 15 or 16 months. But if you remember in Acts chapter 16, Paul himself with his friend Silas were in a, a prison in Philippi. And in that moment, they just didn't remain in their anxiety and in their despair. But no, they took a moment to find peace through praise and thanksgiving. They thanked God for what they were experiencing in that moment. Not because they loved the pain, not because they loved the suffering, but because they looked to the God who was bigger than all the pain and all the suffering. They gave thanks and their hearts were filled with peace. I've seen it before. In fact, I had a, several friends and in my, in my past in, in California, I just remember them getting a, a, a serious diagnosis. And I was amazed because this cancer diagnosis that they had, in the midst of all of it, they had peace. And I wondered, where did that come from? But as I watched and observed their life, as I heard their words, as I watched their attitude, they didn't just sweep that difficulty under the rug, but their hearts were full of thanksgiving. They thanked God for what they had. They thank God for his creation. They thank God that he was bigger and more powerful than cancer. And they thank God for the redemption that they had in Jesus Christ and the love that they've received through him that can never be separated from them. Friends, that's what it means that peace befriends Christian thanksgiving. 
Where are you at today? Did you come in here today with, with an anxious heart, with a troubled heart? You're searching for peace. You're find, trying to find out where is that peace. Oh, the first place to start is Thanksgiving. Christian Thanksgiving because it befriends peace. That's why this Christian Thanksgiving, it's not just a leftover. It's a lifestyle. We need it every day. I don't know that there's a day that goes by in my life where I'm not anxious about something. Think about your, your days this last week. Some of you may have big, huge anxieties. Some of you may have little stuff, little stuff, but we all have them. Oh, that we would live a lifestyle of thanksgiving and gratitude to our God. Because as, as that thanksgiving lifts up our face and our chin, we see the great God of the universe. And as we see him bigger than all of our problems and all of our circumstances, it brings peace to our hearts. Peace to our hearts. Christian thanksgiving, it's a, it's a lifestyle, not a leftover. The second thing we see in this passage is that Christian thanksgiving inspires praise. It inspires praise. Again, Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual <clears throat> songs. Friends, there's a command in here to sing. To sing, you know? I, I don't have a great voice, but guess what? I've been commanded to sing. But how do we sing with thankfulness in our hearts to God? This is another word for thankfulness. It's not the same one, but it's, it's related. It's similar. There's the same root there. And, and the word for thankfulness here, instead of eucharisteo that we saw in the last verse, this verse, uh, the, the word for thankfulness is charis. Say it with me. Charis. In fact, we've got a, a, a wonderful sister in our church. That's her name, Charis, right? It's this idea of graciousness, attractiveness, favor, grace, and goodwill. And it also can acquire the sense of gratitude. This, this thanksgiving, it's not simply a reaction to random acts of kindness. It's a, a way to affirm the supremacy of God the Creator and the mighty acts that He's done on our behalf. And it doesn't just end with just this grateful heart. It actually travels from our hearts, up our throats, through our teeth, and out our mouths. It's expressed through praise. It's expressed through song. It's expressed through prayers. It's, it's, it's expressed through, through, through singing and, and gratefulness. Oh, friends, it's this, this idea that thanksgiving is, is something more than just gratitude. It comes out in our words. In both praise and thanksgiving. And sometimes we separate those words, right? Well, I'm going to praise now and then I'm going to give thanks later. But for Paul, they were, they were one and the same. Thanksgiving was expressed in praise. God is acknowledged in praise and thanksgiving as the powerful God who alone can deliver his people from distress and evil. More importantly, he deserves endless thanksgiving because he alone is God. Paul writes the same thing uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. He says this to the Ephesian church, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. And look, it's coupled here again, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes I, you know, somebody does something nice to me and I feel that, that urgency. I, I need to do something. I, I need to thank them. And sometimes I don't know what to do. What they just did for me, it was just so absolutely amazing. My, my, I'll tell you, my mom, sometimes she just, she gets so emotional. And I'll, I'll do the simplest thing. I'll just take her to the doctor. Like, I'll drive her there. Like, that's, that's no big deal. She says, thank you so much. I said, mom, how could I ever repay you? 
for all that you've done for me. Right? Sometimes we don't, we don't know what to do. How could I ever repay someone for the deed that they did for me? How do we, how do we give thanks to a God who, who's amazing, who's a creator, who's a redeemer, who's one that loved us, you and me, so much that he gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to, to die in our place for our sins and rise from the dead and give us eternal life? How could we ever thank such a God for that? Open your mouths and give him praise. Open your mouth and give him praise. Oh, I could get up and I could praise my favorite college football team because they won 37 to 3 last night. And I could get up and say, yeah, let's go team. But then I come to church on Sunday and I'm still wiping the sleep out of my eye and I'm thinking I should have had that fourth cup of coffee instead of just three and a half, right? And I'm here and, I, and my mouth is silent and I'm folding my arms and I'm like, man, are we going to be out of here soon, right? Oh, but that our hearts would be filled with gratitude as our, as our chins are lifted up and we see this, this beautiful God. And we say, how can I ever thank him for that? He says, you don't have to do anything grand. Just give me praise. Just worship me. Just open your mouth. I love the power. Excuse me. Tim Keller, I got to say this quote. Dave Kelly said it in our huddle this morning. We didn't plan it at all. It's just, it's just awesome. I love this. Tim Keller says this. It's one thing to be grateful. It's another to give thanks. Gratitude is what you feel. Thanksgiving is what you do. And sometimes we end with, with the place where it just kind of sits in our hearts. And we've got this gratitude and it sits there. And if we don't get it out, it just kind of fizzles away. But if we could actually let it come out of our mouths into praise, into song, into singing, into worship, into praying, into testifying to one another about the great things that our God has done. It's amazing that that gratitude in my heart, it doesn't fizzle away. You know what it does? It actually bubbles up and it creates more gratitude and more thanksgiving. And then it happens in you. And when you do it, it happens in me. And we just all of a sudden, wow, our God is great and he's awesome and he's powerful and he's worthy of praise. Sometimes I'm singing here over in that chair right over there and I just want to go, oh man, I hope. Is there anybody singing? And I'll look to the right or to the left, and I'll see some of you, you're singing, you're praising. You could just like, man, they just look like they're in the throne room of God. And you know what that does? That gives me more boldness. Oh, man, I'm going to sing to him. I'm going to praise him right now because the gratitude can't stay in our hearts. It's got to come out through our mouths in praise, in praise. Gratitude's what you feel. Thanksgiving is what you do, what you do. I love the power of a thank you card of a thank you card. When, when I've done something for someone and it was just small and they send me this thank you, maybe we had them over to our house or something, I don't know, whatever, and they send this thank you card and they just express their gratitude. They felt it. They felt it, right? They were feeling it when they left. They may even said thank you after we, we said goodbye, but to actually receive it in words, receive it in words for my eyes to see, you, you, you did that for me and for Pastor Hang and our, our spouses a few weeks ago. Pastor Appreciation Month, Pastor Hang and I, we were just so humbled and, and so surprised. You, you blessed us. You honored us up here. And I got this huge, like, this huge thank you card. It's like the biggest card I've ever seen, right? And, and my wife and I, the next day, we opened it up and read it around our, 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 our dining table. And I thought, my goodness, if there's ever a day I feel any hint of discouragement, open this up, right? The power of words the power of words expressing the gratitude we feel in our hearts, it's got to get there, friend. It's got to get there because Christian Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. It's not a leftover. It befriends peace, but it inspires praise. If you've got a grateful heart, 
I hope that you'll sing. I hope that you'll open your mouth. I hope that you'll express to God how you feel in your heart for what he's done for you. And if you feel just a little gratitude and you're not sure it could come out much, just whatever's in there, just let it come out, even if it's just a little peep. And I guarantee you, it'll start to bubble and overflow as you start to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. The third thing we see is that Christian thanksgiving characterizes our practice. Our practice, how we conduct our lives, our ethics. Colossians 3.17, again, our, our text this morning says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name or according to the person of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. It's again that word, eucharisteo, giving thanks to God the Father through him, through Jesus. You come in the name and in the person of Jesus in everything you do. Everything you do. I got up today and I did a job today and I, I did the work the best that I can in the name and in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I came and I, I, I loved, I did the very best I could. I didn't do perfectly, but I, I laid down my life and I love my wife and kids today. Uh, and, and I didn't do perfectly, but I did it in the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm tempted with a sin, uh, whatever that may be. Maybe it's a sin in my own heart and flesh. Maybe it's a temptation that I see uh, in the world that I have. Maybe Satan is attacking me and I say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to stand firm and not bow down to the idols of this world and I'm going to obey him and I'm doing it in the name and the person of Jesus Christ. That's a life. That's a practice. That's a conduct of thanksgiving, of thanksgiving giving. Whatever you do, do it in the name, according to the person of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. David Powell again writes this, when gratitude is understood as the proper response to the mighty acts of God, gratitude is expressed by the way the covenant people, the people of God, conduct their lives. Gratitude, therefore, does not simply point to the inner disposition of an individual but it changes his or her life and thereby affects the relationship between the subject and the object of thanksgiving. It doesn't just remain in the heart. It comes out in praise, but then it comes out to our hands and to our feet. It comes out in the way we live our lives. It comes in the way we we watch television. It comes in the way we drive our cars. It comes in the way we do our jobs. It comes in the way we shop and spend our money. Why? Because my life has been transformed by the good news about Jesus, and my heart is grateful. And that gratefulness and that gratitude and that thanksgiving, it touches every part of my life. I do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thanksgiving becomes an essential part of the day-to-day living of the believers. To live a life worthy of the Lord is to live with constant awareness of God's grace. Constant awareness of that. Thanking Him for who He is. Uh, In one of the books I was reading, there was identified two enemies of a life of thanksgiving. Busyness and distraction. Busyness and distraction. Our life is full of all kinds of stuff. I mean, many of you tomorrow, unless you're taking the whole week off, you've, you've, you've got to be at the job at whatever time you've got to be there this morning. That alarm goes off at 5, 6, 7 a.m. in the morning, whatever that may be, and you're, you're getting on to the job, right? You're busy. You're dealing with traffic and the commute and everything, right? You're busy. You've got kids and families. You're busy. You've got bills to pay. You're busy, and sometimes that busyness can crowd out room 
to have the discipline of thanking God in the everyday stuff of life. Well, not just busyness, distraction. We, even when we do have a little bit of downtime, what do we do? We jump right to scrolling, what's going on in the world, right? Distractions. Sometimes we fill that space only with sports, video games, pleasures, whatever, you name it, friends. And we crowd out whatever little time we have to give thanks and honor our God with the distractions of life. I'm guilty of it too, friends. I'm guilty of it too. Two enemies of a life of thanksgiving, busyness and distraction. Do you carve out time to give him thanks as a discipline of life? Do you set those distractions aside? Will you set those distractions aside to say, I'm just going to get just five minutes right now, Lord, and just reflect and remember and recognize and respond to what you've done for me. Oh, friends, it's got to be a habit that we live out in our lives. Paul saw it as touching every area of life so much so that he writes this in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's what it means to live a life of thanksgiving. Otherwise, we live a life of idolatry. I'm bowing down to the job and career that I, I've got to do. I've, I just, I don't have time for Jesus. My career has all of me. Or, or I'm giving in to the pleasures of this world, these distractions. Oh, friends, that we would stop bowing to the idols and we'd bow to the God of the universe in gratitude and thanksgiving. I remember <laughs> so many times as a kid, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm kind of a jerk sometimes, but... As a kid, I just reflect, and I remember my mom would get me clothes for Christmas. Oh, thank you so much, Mom. Thank you so much. And then January would roll around, and February and March and April. She's like, I haven't seen you wearing any of those new clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll wear them, I'll wear them. Finally, I'd grow out of them. So ungrateful. So ungrateful. Many times that's what we do, friends. We think, oh, Jesus, you've given me so much, but the busyness and distraction of the world keeps the gratitude and the thanksgiving for what God has given to us, and it just keeps it hung on the coat hanger in the closet. Oh, that we wouldn't leave such a precious truth about who, who Jesus is in the closet, but that we would allow the gospel of Jesus and the thanksgiving that's due to him characterize our practice and how we conduct our lives. Christian thanksgiving is a lifestyle not a leftover, a lifestyle, not a leftover. So how are we going to live out this lifestyle today? And usually we have a term, right, as we get to the end of our message on Sundays, because we want to ask ourselves not just to be changed on, on Sunday, but be, to be changed throughout the week. But Thanksgiving is Thursday this week. So instead of what does it mean for Monday, what does this mean for Thursday, all right? What does this mean for Thursday? Thursday. Uh, I want to just propose to you a book I was mentioning before. I, I just, I found this book. It's great. The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. Reclaiming the Gifts of a Lost Spiritual Discipline by Dustin Crow. Anybody ever heard of this book before? All right. All right. You have. All right. Fantastic. So it's new to all of you. Go and get it. Get it for Christmas gifts for one another. Like for your small group members, like just, just get it for each other. There you go. There's the gift. I, I helped you out a lot. The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks. And, and this, this author, he's a confessed grumbler, just like me, maybe just like you. But it's thinking through this discipline of giving thanks. And I just want to run through some ideas. What does it then mean? If, if Christian, living, uh, Christian thanksgiving is a lifestyle, not a leftover, it, 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 it befriends praise, 
uh, excuse me, it befriends peace, it inspires praise, and it, it characterizes our practice. What does that look like in the everyday stuff of life? I'm just going to run through some ideas that he has from this book. I'm stealing right from him, okay? I, I admit it. First of all, here's an idea. Read scripture. Read a passage of scripture with eyes wide open for thanksgiving. It happens in Paul all the time. I mean, you, you read Paul. Uh, Dave Kelly mentioned our huddle this morning. First three things Paul does in a letter, he addresses people and stuff. He gives thanks be to God for, uh, for his grace and peace, right? But then he says, I give thanks to God the Father for you about something, right? There's thanksgiving written all, I mean, look at Colossians. We didn't look at it. There's other portions in this letter where, where Paul is giving thanks. Read scripture with eyes wide open. Underline it. Highlight it. There's thanksgiving right there. There it is. Start a journal of including a, a gratitude list. Start looking uh, for ways that God is at work in your life. Just start journaling it. I thank God for this today. And, and, and then the next day, I thank God for this today. And you can go back a week later, you're like, wow, man, I forgot God did that for me. God did that for me. Thank you, Lord. Uh, wage war against the two enemies of gratitude, busyness and distraction. We just looked at that by pausing. Take moments throughout your day just to, just to pause. You know, I have a friend that used to say that every time he went to a new, if he had a new appointment with someone or if he uh, went to a new place, like if he drove from, you know, from work to home or vice versa or to the store, he would just pause. Like even as he's getting out of the car and walking into that new building, just pause and just say, Lord, just help me as I walk into this place. I thank you for, for, for allowing me to be here today. Just that, that pause from the car to the store, that car from your car into the house or to work. Just take a moment to pause and give him thanks. Um, present yourself as an offering of thanks to God first thing in the morning. I think I read this from Tim Keller as well. The first thing you think about when you wake up, that's probably what you worship, right? So just have in mind, maybe you need to put a little reminder next to your nightstand and say, thank God when you wake up. Lord, I thank you you gave me sleep. I thank you that I'm awake this morning. I thank you that you have this house over my head. It was raining last night. I'm dry. Thank you, Lord. I've got covers around me. Take time first thing in the morning to present yourself as an offering of thanks to God. Uh, begin your prayers with thanks. Oftentimes I, I jump into prayers and I just start saying, Lord, I need you to do this for me, right? Pause and say, Lord, this is a tough situation, but I thank you that you're with me through it. Thank you that you're carrying me through it. Thank you that your love has not waned even in the midst of this circumstance. And Lord, I need your help, right? Just start that prayer with thanksgiving. Uh, share God sightings. You know what a God sighting is? I saw God at work in my life today. I saw God at work in my kid's life today. I saw God at work on the job today. These God sightings, share a God sighting with one person a day. Share how you're thankful for how God showed up. Just make it a habit. Say, just put a reminder on your phone. Thank, share with one person how you're thankful for what God has done today. Uh, when you're eating with friends, maybe after church here today, maybe this Thursday around the Thanksgiving table, ask everyone to share one thing that they're thankful for. Remember, once that Thanksgiving starts to be shared around, it just bubbles up in our hearts. And it rem oh, yeah, I forgot. He did something similar for me, too. I thank God for that. Spend some time just sharing with one another how you're thankful to God. Oh, how about as, as a parent, you moms and dads out there, when our kids are disappointed or frustrated, help them look up at God's goodness. Raise those little chins and say, oh, I know this hurts. I know this is hard, but your God loves you so much. And whatever happened, whatever that, that friend said to you today, it can never change how God feels about you. Give him thanks. Teach our kids to give thanks in the everyday stuff of their life. How about this one? It's beautiful. The leaves are still some leaves on the trees. Go for a walk and thank God for what you see in creation. Lord, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. These leaves, this, this breeze. 
oh my Lord, this is just gorgeous. Thank you so much for your creation. Here's another one. Pick one attribute, characteristic of God. Find Bible verses related to that attribute and just thank God for who he is. Thank him. Record the blessings of God in the life of your family. Talk about them. Remind the next generation of them. Put them down in a book. Pass that on to your kids. Have them pass it on and fill stuff out and pass it on to their kids. And have a legacy through your family of passing on the good things that God has done. It will encourage future generations, right? Look around. Look back. Look up. And thank God. Share your salvation testimonies of God at work. Share them in small group. Share them over lunch. Share them over coffee. I love to hear when I meet somebody first. Tell me, how did you first come to know Jesus? And their stories are incredible. We thank God for that. And how about this? Back in March, we were praying for at least, all of us have prayed for at least for one person that doesn't know Jesus, that they may come to know Jesus. Ask your one, your one, if you may share how thankful you are to God for what he's done in your life. Hey, you know what? I just want to share this. May I have permission? Can I share with you something very important to me? This is what God has done in my life. And for that, I give him thanks. But right now, we're going to spend some time as we close our service giving thanks to God. I want to invite the worship uh, team to come on up. Paul, for Paul, his whole life was viewed as a demonstration of gratitude, of thanksgiving to God. It wasn't a leftover because he knew that God hadn't given us his leftovers. He gave us his very best. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ. And I want to invite you to stand, and I want you to go ahead and get those elements prepared. Now, if you're not used to elements that are packaged like this, they get a little noisy, okay? So just go ahead and tear that top film back a little bit. It exposes the wafer. And then underneath that, you've got the, the juice that we'll take together in just a few moments. So before you take it, we're just going to take some time reflecting on what Jesus has done. Yeah, I'm glad I'm doing this because I can't even get mine open here. But as we do that, I just want to read one, one verse for you, one final verse as Paul thought about the gospel and what Jesus has done. He says this in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. You know what that gift is? That gift is Jesus. And I want to tell you here today, maybe you're here and your heart is full of bitterness, anger, anxiety, fear. Maybe you've never come to accept this inexpressible gift in Jesus Christ. I want to invite you today. That gift can be received when you put your faith in Jesus. When you say, I I'm tired of living this life of ingratitude and ungratefulness and grumbling. I want to look and find a gift that transforms me from the inside out. You could receive that today by calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus. But as we saw today, this gratitude in our hearts it needs to come out in praise. And as we think about this cross, as we think about this, this Jesus, this Savior, who gave his body for you and for me, and we think about the blood that he shed on the cross, if there's anything, friend, today that you feel like, I, I don't know if I've got any reason to give thanks, you've got Jesus. You've got Jesus. Let me say it one more time. We've got Jesus. Amen? And right now, I want to invite you in little huddles, little huddles, and you may not know the person next to you, that's okay, in little huddles, just spend a moment saying, I thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Maybe you've got another sentence you want to add to that, but, but if, if, if you have nothing else to say, if you don't know how to pray in front of other people, just say, I thank you, Father, for Jesus. I thank you, Father, for Jesus. But it would be 
be ridiculous if we didn't give you an opportunity to do that right now. So huddle up. Go ahead, right now. Move, move. You can move. Get in a huddle with someone and express through praise your gratitude for the body and for the blood of Jesus. And I'll close this in prayer and we'll partake of these elements together. Praise Him, church. Praise Him. Our Father, we want to express the gratitude that we feel in our hearts. Some of us may feel it in a really just small way. Some of us may have hearts that are just bubbling over with gratitude today. But wherever we are, we want, we want that gratitude to come out of our hearts to tell you thank you for sending your Son, Jesus. And we want to speak to Lord Jesus too. Jesus, thank you for giving yourself for us to rescue us from sin and death, from delivering us from fear and brokenness, for giving us new life, for sending the Holy Spirit who's come to live in our hearts, to, to give us a hope that says, even when I feel guilt, even when I stumble and fall into sin again, I have, I have a promise that you're faithful and just when I confess my sin to forgive me and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the reigning King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you that you are our advocate in the throne room of heaven. So when that adversary, the devil, comes to try and accuse me, Jesus is standing there and says, I've paid it all on Matthew's behalf. It's all washed away. I thank you for the hope that we have, Lord Jesus, that one day you are returning once again victorious on a white horse and you will bring truth and justice and love and righteousness to this earth and you will, you will change us in the twinkling of an eye so that we will become like you, Lord Jesus, and we will see you face to face and we will be with you forever and ever. Lord Jesus, as I just even express these uh, moments of praise and gratitude and thanksgiving to you. And I know my, my brothers and sisters, our family, we're doing that right now. It just makes our problems seem a little bit smaller. We thank you for that. We thank you that you're the Lord over all, that, all the burdens that we bear. So right now, we remember the body that was broken for us. We remember the blood that was shed on that cross. And we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes living lives of gratitude and thanksgiving. Lord Jesus, 
I, I pray that we would not ever give you leftovers, but that we would give you lives wholly devoted to you in thanksgiving because of what you've done for us. And it's in your name, to the Father, in the power of the Spirit that we pray all this. Amen. If you're a follower of Jesus and you proclaim his death until he comes, you can partake of those elements together right now. Thank you.